0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Cricket. I'm your host, Aaron, aka The Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for tonight's very special episode of TCCP is none other than everyone's favourite Nottinghamshire-based Yorkshire-supporting communications intern, Mr. Matt Wiley. So Matt, first things first, mate, thank you very much for coming back onto the podcast. Always a pleasure to get yourself on for a chat about all things County Cricket I know it's been a rough day from a fan's perspective, I suppose, mate. I'm not going to rub that in, but in terms of the rest of your day, how's it been, mate?
1: Yeah, a very mixed day to be honest, mate. Yeah, thanks. Um, obviously, the county that I work for is celebrating. The county that I support is commiserating, aren't they? So yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a weird day from that point of view. But uh, no, otherwise all good, mate. Yeah, thank you.
0: Well, that's good to hear, mate. It really is, and yeah, we've got a, got quite a bit to discuss tonight. And and just for the listeners out there, tonight isn't actually our round 16 review show. That's coming next week as part of our end of season review. Instead, this is just a bit of a of a special one. One off, we've got to discuss the final day of the season and in particular, the relegation battle in Division 1 and the promotion hunt in Division 2. So word of warning, this will very much be focused around Warwickshire, Yorkshire, Gloucestershire, Middlesex, Nottinghamshire and Glamorgan. So just a word of warning. Expect some bears bias from me. Expect a lot of conversation about those particular teams but that is the focus for tonight's episode and let's be completely honest Matt there is only one place that we can really start tonight's discussion and that is of course Baston, where Warwickshire didn't just pull off the great escape they pulled off one of the most miraculous victories I think we've ever seen in county cricket. the Bears beating Hampshire by five runs in an instant classic in the second city now in terms of the game itself I've got to be completely honest Even though I am the eternal optimist, even I had my doubts. Because the first two days, hugely weather affected, lots of rain, bad lights combining to almost play against the Bears. And Will Rhodes actually did provide a very attacking declaration at the end of day two with the Bears on 272 for four. So I've got to give a lot of credit for Rhodes for that particular decision, kept the game moving, allowed Warwickshire to potentially force a result from this game. But in response to that, Hampshire did rack up the runs. They scored 311 to be exact. Now, bear in mind, at this point, we're in day three. Warwickshire have got one, maybe, maybe one and a half sessions to bat from this point on in the game in order to get something to defend and try and salvage the season. And the Bears didn't actually get off to a bad start. In fact, by the end of day three, they were 62 for two at stumps with a lead of 23. But heading into the morning of day four, we all knew it was going to be carnage. It was going to be chaos. It was going to be prime, vintage, classic Bears ball. And the Bears really did give it a bit of a whack. In fact, scoring 177 runs in total over the course of just 39.2 overs. Now, as a result of this frenetic, chaotic, carnage-like batting display from the Bears, Hampshire needed just 139 runs in order to seal second place in the division and also condemned the Bears to the second division for the first time since 2018. So Matt, before I get into <laughs> one of the, if not the absolute greatest bowling performances I've ever seen in county cricket, just heading into that Hampshire innings, I want to ask you from a neutral perspective, or I suppose you might have been to point Hampshire as a fan of the White Rose. Did you ever think the Bears could pull that off? 139 runs on a pretty flat wicket edge baston. Were you hopeful at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was very hopeful, I've got to be honest, when, um, you know, I, I completely agree with you on giving full credit to Will Riddler for that declaration because that's something that I really like to see when you're trying to force a result. You know, no one no one enjoys a draw, no one wants to see a draw. It's essentially a kind of, oh, this one's petered out and it's it's essentially lost an edge of competitiveness, hasn't it? So to be proactive and be aggressive, and you said Bears ball, obviously, Baz Ball being the... Uh, the big well-known one it's it, that and I hope that that's what it's encouraged in English cricket I hope that we because that's what it is it's that's what we've always said about basketball it's intelligent it's not just hitting everything out of the ground it's intelligent it's being positive it's being forward-thinking and progressive and that's exactly what that declaration was and I have to yeah I completely agree with you in praising Will Rhodes for that but I was still Hopeful, because it wasn't that many runs, and then Hampshire obviously got a, uh, you know, reasonable, okay, first first-inning lead, and yeah, and then I never really thought that it could happen, but you know, sport retains the ability to always surprise you, doesn't it? And whether that's uh, happily or unhappily, in this case, it's the latter, but you know, that's uh, that's the way it is.
0: Well, it is, and again, it is very contrasting emotions on the podcast tonight, because uh, as you can imagine. I am elated. It's been a really tough season. And I don't say that lightly. I say that as both a Bears fan and from a personal perspective. Off the field, you know, it's been a very uncertain year for myself. And to, to see the Bears produce that kind of performance, I've been absolutely begging for this all year long. I mentioned those words, haven't I? Fight, desire, passion. The, the fight for that badge, because this badge means the absolute bloody world to us as Warwickshire fans. And one person who fought like a lion today, was a certain Liam Norwell. 18.5 overs he bowled over the course of one and a half sessions and taking career best figures of nine for 62. Nine for 62. He was a one-man wrecking ball. at Edgbaston today. He was bowling heats. He was bowling short, sharp bouncers. He, he got the massive wicket of James Vinson. At that moment in the game, especially after Vince had scored a very nice 98 in the first innings. All of a sudden, there was this almost tidal wave of belief amongst both the players and the supporters at Edgbaston today. And for him, in particular for Liam, who struggled so much with injuries, not just this season, but throughout his career, to see him getting this praise, getting the limelight, getting those figures on this day of all days, was magnificent. It really has filled my heart with joy because he deserves it. He's such a hard worker, great attitude, great character. And you know, at times in his life, he really hasn't had the rub of the green, in particular in the game of cricket. So Liam Norwell, take a bow. And if you are listening, Liam, you have got a a free family ticket to Warwick Castle on my behalf, mate. You really have. It's the very least you deserve, if not a stand or a statue. At Edgbaston for that, nine for 62. Unbelievable. And that ultimately did guide the Bears to safety. Hampshire ultimately finishing five runs short on a total of 133 all outs by the end of the 44th over. So, Matt, a few words on that performance from Warwickshire, if you can. Before I get into my final piece, we discuss the, the wider implications of this in terms of survival and, of course, the ramifications for your county of Yorkshire. How would you describe that performance from the Bears? I mean, it was a, it was a performance befitting of the of the club's nickname, wasn't it? showed grit, passion, determination, fight, everything you want in that kind of situation.
1: I think so, mate. Yeah, you just say maybe one word, tenacious, wasn't it? Sort of just that, like, you, I mean, you've, you've summed it up pretty well there, that, that, that grit. And it seems like, I suppose, because that's been missing this season, um, certainly from your point of view, because it's been missing this season, it makes it all the better. Because I suppose while it was frustrating that, you knew that they had it in them and they weren't showing it, it's all the more relieving that they've finally managed to show it and what it means at this point. So, yeah, just, you know, I've, I've said it countless times, you know, cricket is played I at mean, the all sport, it's played just as much in the mind as it is physically and on the field. And to be able to kind of dig deep and I think there was maybe, obviously that, that declaration from Will Rhodes was, it kind of showed, I suppose, the team spirit is still there. Because obviously they had his, his teammate clearly backed him. And you know, that would have that wouldn't have just been where we were going on his own. And, you know, it would have been a team decision, he would have discussed it with everyone. And they you know, they've decided as a unit, let's go for this. We believe in ourselves. So that was still there. It was there all along. And yes, that could have been frustrating if they weren't showing it. But yeah, when it comes out and what it means at this point to to clinch survival, yeah, that's going to be a very, very uh, relieving and very welcome thing, I should imagine.
0: Well, you could see that by the reaction of the players, and as I said, I've been crying out for that all season long, and if any of the Warwickshire boys are listening in, just look at what this team, this group, this band of brothers can achieve when you play as a collective. Instead of a group of individuals, when you remember what you're playing for, who you represent, why this county matters, look what we can achieve. Because this isn't just a massive victory in terms of survival. It gives the fan base a massive amount of hope and optimism to build off of heading into 2023. But this was also the first time we've beaten Hampshire in Red Bull cricket since 2010. So before this, I'd only ever seen us beat in Hampshire on one occasion. To find that inner steel, the fortitude, that metal that we've been desperately lacking at times this season. I think back to the Kent game, that collapse against Surrey. To do it and find that passion and and that inner steel on the final day of the season, final session, on home soil, it doesn't get much better than that. So even though it's been a tremendously frustrating campaign for the Bears, and we do have to be realistic, we are celebrating survival, and I've celebrated it massively. As you can tell, my voice has taken an absolute pounding. I was screaming Liam Norwell's name. (laughs) I really was. Not sure the rest of my family were too happy, to be completely honest, but... At the end of the day, we do need to look at the wider picture. We shouldn't have been in this position in the first place. We have finished eighth in the county championship after winning the entire thing last season. So plenty to think about for the Bears. There's still a lot of questions left to be answered in terms of selection, in terms of where certain things went wrong this season. But again, just well done, boys. I've got to give them so much credit, so much praise, so much plaudits. And you know who else I want to give a lot of credit for as well? The ground staff at Edgbaston. 49 games. 49 games of cricket across the Commonwealth Games, across the 100, across the County Championship, the 50 over comp, the T20 Blast. Unreal effort from Gary Barwell and that team. They are the unsung heroes of County Cricket and I just wanted to give them tremendous praise as well because there's always good wickets at Edgbaston and that team works tremendously hard and boys you deserve this as well. And one final group who definitely deserve this are the Warwickshire fans. They've been brilliant. They really have. I went on day two I couldn't be there for day four today. But when on day two, it was miserable, it was cold, it was wet, it was windy. But the fact is, people still turn up. And this is the big thing to take away from today. When you look at the reaction of the players, when you look at the fans who have stuck by this team throughout the entire season and will continue to do so for the rest of their lives, you kind of realise what county cricket means. County cricket really does mean more. It means the world to us, and I've said this plenty of times on the podcast. Warwickshire, to me, is, is a tremendously special club. It's my club. It represents where I'm from. I was born in Warwick. I've lived in this county for essentially my entire life. And this club really does mean everything to me. In 13 years, as is the the case in human life and the human experience, we all go through our ups and downs. We have great years. We have bad years. But there's been one constant in my life, and that's been Warwickshire County Cricket Club. And for that reason, this club will always mean the world to me. I'll always fight to defend it. I'll always want it to do as well as it can. And for that reason, for those naysayers, the detractors of county cricket, just remember that when you're vouching for franchise cricket, the removal of counties, the lessening of certain county competitions, because this really does mean the world to us as fans and will continue to do so for many years to come. So that's my ultimate message. That's my message of, <laughs> of thanks, to be honest, to Warwickshire for making what's been a pretty tough year that little bit more special at the end of it, but... Yeah, lots to learn heading into the future as well. And who knows what that future will behold at the end of the high-performance review. But aside from the Bears, Matt, let's talk about Yorkshire. Because obviously, as a result of that victory for the Bears, Yorkshire have been relegated. They have been condemned to the second division of the county championship. Just your thoughts, first and foremost, really, on that performance against Gloucestershire. I mean, a tremendously disappointing performance. Um, it seemed like an achievable target as well, didn't it? If we're looking at our on paper.
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, well, out of context, I feel like it's in like an achievable target. I think when you look at the conditions that the game was played in and everyone, you know, with the score that we've got in the first innings and the score that Gloucester were, were getting, I think it was probably a little bit more difficult. But, you know, it's, I think the worst thing is the fact that, you know, we got, we, we got really close. Um, but it's just, yeah, it, it feels really strange because... You know, I said last week, I almost expected it to get relegated this year. Not because of any punishment that might be imposed on us for all the revelations over last winter, but because of the resulting effect on the club that it would have. You know, whatever you think of the decision to remove the staff and whatever you think of all of the reforms that are being pushed through, etc. They still, they, they have such a groundbreaking effect on the club, that it would be a really, really tough ask to succeed in in those circumstances. So to get to the point where you're suddenly thinking, oh, well, we might actually be all right, and then in the end we weren't, that is, it's, it kind of sums up the, sort of the, the whole, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? That's the, I think that's what kind of gutted it for me, because if we'd been relegated three games ago, bottom of the table with virtually no points, then I probably would have, I wouldn't have been as gutted as I am because I was expecting it. But then, you know, when we look like we might fight our way out of it, I, I wasn't expecting it. And I think that's what kind of makes it more disappointing. Um, the The Yorkshire team themselves, I think it's, I, I can understand it's been an incredibly, I mean, I've just said it there. I can, I can understand it's been an incredibly tough circumstances to work in you know we've lost david willow with a very pointed statement we've lost tom carl Cadmore with a less pointed statement but i'd be willing to bet a lot of money that he's going for the same reason we were losing stephen patterson because we don't want to offer a new contract
0: what what is your thoughts on that by the way I, I've, I've been meaning to ask that for so many episodes to be honest matt because i'm baffled Genuinely, Steve Patterson has been a constant in that Yorkshire team for so many years, and he's still performing. He's still producing the goods. He showed that again in this particular game. I mean, I just cannot think of the logic or any rationale behind that decision, regardless of the guy's age. You know, you look at a player like Darren Stevens or Michael Hogan, for example. I mean, can, can you understand any rationale behind letting Pato go?
1: No, not really. Um, I think we've got, you know, we, we've, we've got form for it. Um... I do wonder if we think that we're bigger than we are, because what I mean by that is we only want to keep players who are, at the absolute, who are at their absolute peak. And we saw it with Jack Brooks and Liam Plunkett. I remain convinced that we let those two go a year, maybe two years earlier, because we didn't want to offer them the length of content that they want. And you have to remember, we, you know, these aren't... You know, say if you're playing... Let's say if you're playing FIFA... And you're offering somebody a, a four-year four-year contract if you're in career mode. What you're offering there is a line of computer code, some more lines of computer code. It's it's very easy to take the emotion out of it. When you're actually offering a person, a professional sportsman, a real contract, you've got to, you know, when you're working with people, you've got to have that. You know, you you've, you've got to be a people person. You've you've got to have that extra level of emotion and that kind of connection. And I do wonder if we've just sort of slightly lost that with some of our players. I mean, for Stephen Patterson, you know, that was another pointed statement when it all sort of came out. It was so weird. It clearly wasn't controlled. And, I mean, you know, I really should be having a go at the on-field matters, things like that. The, I think the communication from the club has been quite poor. Um I think the... Yeah, I've got a good example of that. So today, when the Workshire game and it, when the Hampshire-Hampshire game was going on, the one that hinged on whether or not we'd go down, the Yorkshire account was tweeting the updates of the Hampshire game. Strange, really strange. Mm. I thought. I just, it just kind of shows that we, for me, it just sort of shows that we, we don't quite do. We, have we got an identity? Do we really know, you know, what what we? I mean, I suppose it, it, it is tough because it's such an period of upheaval i can imagine that you know what is the identity well we don't really know who we are we're tweeting updates from another game in a desperate attempt that we won't get relegated it's yeah it was just really really bizarre i think and i mean you know the crux of the matter is we weren't good enough on the field you know we won one game that was the first that was our first game of the season in round two of the competition and then we haven't won since well that is relegation form in anyone's book isn't it you know to go 13 games before you even say it, without a fourteen to go, thirteen games without a win, whatever league you're in, whatever sport you're playing, well, that's relegation for. So, you know, that's yeah, that is pretty much the, the hard fast, the hard and fast of it is that we haven't been good enough on the field. Um, we've been a bit unlucky with injuries, but that's a flimsy excuse, I think. Um, yeah, we haven't been good enough with bat in hand on too many occasions. We definitely haven't been good enough with ball in hand. That's been the real thing where we've really lacked. I think um, I appreciate we've tried to solve that by bringing in um, Ben Mike, but you know, it's I think it's just such a massive. Yeah, we we just, we, we don't know who we are at the moment. I think that is the fast, The best the best way I can put my opinion, and I really really just hope that we can figure out who we are sharpish um that has to be done quickly but it has to be done thoroughly it means that we have to figure out you know where we want to take this club um i i'll freely admit, i haven't actually been to heading this yet. um primarily because i've been so busy working with Nottinghamshire, yeah? but also obviously everything that went on you know it kind of prompts yourself to do a little bit of soul searching and as to whether you want to be associated with them um I want to be associated with what I think Lord Patel is building. Uh, he's not there yet. There are forces that I think are trying to halt things, uh, put a spanner in the works as it was. Um, that's, this this is not the forum for that, but I think that, that might be the case. But I think if he's allowed to build that, then that is something that I would want to be part of. I think he's going in the right direction, and I hope that he's allowed to see it through. So. You know, like you said there, mate. I, you'll never stop supporting Yorkshire. I'll never stop supporting Yorkshire. And I just hope that we can get that kind of clear sense of who we are back. Because I do wonder, really, if that sort of, you know, people like to take Mick out of Yorkshire folk for sort of we we were too proud of where we're from. Out we like. I know there's there's a running gag in um, 2012, or when 2012 the BBC sitcom was on. There was a guy who would just say, "I don't care what you say. I'm from Yorkshire." That's, you know, it's a, it's a it's a running joke that we're we're too proud of of ourselves, and you know, they, they, there it is again. You know, we're too proud. We we think we're better than we are. But yeah, it's just that we. I think that was our identity before. Oh, we're from Yorkshire. We don't care, and that was just disastrous because of what it led to and what what happened. Um, with with all the revolutions that broke over the winter so we've got to find a different way of doing things and yeah i just hope that we can find that quickly and if it carries on going in the direction it's going i hope that the identity comes and then the results on the pitch will follow in division two however much i don't want it to be there
0: well to be honest matt for your sake and the sake of the yorkshire fans out there I do hope that they can turn this around, but it's something we can't really shy away from, isn't it? All the off-field stuff which happened, it was the most turbulent off-season in county cricket's history. And even heading into this off-season, Yorkshire have been relegated today. But I think there's more sanctions coming. I've been looking, I've been reading and researching so many online articles, and it's something which has cropped up again and again and again. In the Yorkshire Post, on CrickInfo, in the Cricketer, there was even a little line, in it which is almost alluding to further sanctions in the ecb statement from june this isn't the end of yorkshire's issues and this has just compounded it now the big question i suppose on everyone's lips is well what are those sanctions going to be and i don't know i genuinely have not got a clue it's something which i've been pondering all summer long because this is the biggest scandal in county cricket's history we can't shy away from that and again it's unfortunate we have to be in this position where we're discussing it and that it even happened, but it has happened. And Yorkshire do need to be punished in some regard. I mean, there's been a lot of pushback from Durham fans as well. If you think back to 2016, they were hit with immediate relegation, a 48-point championship deduction for the 2017 season. They had point deduction in the in the one-day cup and the T20 blast. They had a salary cap imposed on them. They had the, the loss of two of their best players in Mark Stoneman and Scott Borthwick. And as if that wasn't enough, All international cricket was removed at the Riverside, but then they reinstated limited overs internationals. So (laughs) there's so much uncertainty. There is this dark cloud looming overheadingly at the moment, and no one really knows what's going to happen. That is up to the ECB's Cricket Disciplinary Committee. And again, we will update you over the course of the off-season with some updates regarding that. But if Yorkshire would have stayed up, I mean, the big question is, would they have been relegated anyway? that might have been a possibility because that is something which the CDC have done in the past. As I mentioned, they did it with Durham. So I really feel for Yorkshire fans. I feel for the current players. I feel for the staff as well. Because let's be honest, it was the higher-ups who put them in this mess. It really was, you know, sweeping it all under the carpet and ultimately has caught up with them. So we'll keep you updated with the whole Yorkshire situation, but it is a sorry situation to see the most successful club in English cricket in this position, and as I said, I really do feel sympathy for the fans. They they deserved better from their cricket club. But before we move on to the the promotion race, I suppose, Matt, just one final club to to cover from Division One, really is Gloucestershire, um, because the glorious Gloucesters did win their last two games, and that's something they that can build off of, isn't it? If we're looking at positives, if we're looking at the the optimistic outlook in the southwest and the West Country as a cricketing region. Gloucestershire can build off of this, can't they? They've got some really talented youngsters, the likes of the Price brothers, Ben Charlesworth, to name but a few. AJ Dale as well has had a fantastic debut season for the West Country outfit. Can you see them potentially going up? I know this is very, very early days, admittedly, but do you see them as contenders to come straight back up heading into next year's Division 2?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at, the, like you just said it earlier, the young players that are coming through, they'll have another winter under the belt, and then the go and play great cricket in Australia and South Africa and in New Zealand, etc. They'll, they'll go and get more experience and uh, more wool on their backs, and that will only serve them well. And then, you know, they'll have a winter with the coaches and they'll know what they want to improve on, and etc. And they'll, they'll do all that and they'll be better for it. So I see no reason why not. I mean, Division Two will be, you know, Glamorgan will want to be right up there again. Um, obviously, the two that have, um, Yorkshire haven't been relegated. A, Really quite hope that we're up there again, you know, Durham underperformed, you know, it's going to be competitive, it's really going to be competitive, but yeah, it's, um you'd have to think that they're going to be in the mix, and they'd want to be in the mix, I think, yeah.
0: I'd agree, to be honest, Matt, and I do like Gloucestershire as a club, I've mentioned this so many times on the podcast, I do have a soft spot for them, I don't know where it comes from, maybe it's because they they border my county to the south, but Yeah, I do like Bristol as a venue, always had good times down in Bristol and, of course, at the county ground. But yeah, obviously, wishing Gloucestershire nothing but the best heading into next season, along with Yorkshire. You know, it's a horrible place to see both those counties, to be honest, but Division 2 next season is going to be very, very competitive indeed. And talking of the second division of the county championship, now let's look at the the promotion race in Division 2 of this year's competition and mats, there's no real better person to have on the podcast, I suppose, aside from maybe one of the players for tonight's episode, but Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club, champions of Division 2, basically coming straight back up after getting relegated in 2019, sum up your feelings on that mate, because you've been heavily associated with the club this season, I know how much it means, I know how hard you work and, and what this club does mean to you, even though you're a Yorkshire fan. You know, you are you are quickly becoming a Knotts boy at heart. I can tell by uh, by the way that you do celebrate the Knotts results, especially when they win. But what does this mean to both yourself as an employee of the club, and of course to the fan base and the players? It's it's a massive result, isn't it, to come straight back up to the first division?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll I'll split it into two ways, if you want. With, uh, the, the first being as an employee. So this club gave me a chance as a you know absolutely virtually no experience at all i'd had two weeks working at I fc when i wrote to nottingham and said have you got any sort of work experience any sort of interning i could do and here we are two years later having covered yeah two seasons of county cricket so it's um they they, they took a punt i'm delighted they did and uh i hope from the uh tone of messages that i've received of thanks um since then it's it's all gone quite well but yeah i've been there in person for at least one day of 13 of the 14 games um sussex at home being the one i missed because i was on commonwealth game duty poor but, from you poor dedication yeah, very, from you very, man. very, very poor dedication I should shocking. Have done, uh, yeah should shocking have got terrible should um, i managed i managed all 14 t20 games though i'm quite proud of that not the same not the same <laughs> not the same no i know yeah um, but no that's uh, yeah Obviously, as an employee and you know as far as my colleagues are concerned and everyone at that club is concerned, I think they have to be immeasurably proud of it because, you know, we I talk about not making excuses, but the way Nottinghamshire were almost assigned Division 2, it was, it was a funny one, wasn't it? it? was I think everyone thought it was a bit of a weird decision to put us in Division 2 um, the, at the beginning of this season because of where we'd finished in the conference thing it kind of took place last year but well there was no public complaining let's put it that way you know there was uh several group chats with uh, a bit of in, i would say but there was no public complaining the statement you know summed up i think summed up the people that work for that club they said right okay well this is the situation that we're in so we've got to make the best of it and they have made the best of it and i think you know it's like for me personally i can say that you I think you could look at it in one or two ways. You could either say Nottinghamshire have gone up, that's excellent. Oh, but Yorkshire have been relegated, and that put a down on the whole day. Or you could look at it at the opposite way, which is Yorkshire has been relegated, that feels rubbish. But Nottinghamshire have been promoted, and they've won the championship, and that builds my mood back up. And I'm very much going to try and be in the latter camp because that is that is the way I feel. You know, obviously my first thought was really real disappointment that Yorkshire has been relegated, but. My second county, the one that I have a deep, deep association with, has done well. And you have to recognise that. And, yeah, they've, you know, nobody, in in my book, nobody deserves anything in professional sport. I mean, you really have to work for things. Um, I think in sport generally, you know, even amateur sport, you have to work for it. But in professional sport, you really have to put the the effort in. Because, you know, no club deserves to be anywhere. No one has any right to be anywhere automatically that's just not how it works or certainly in my opinion that's not how it works so for Nottinghamshire to basically say right fine this is where we are well we've got a division one bowling attack we've probably got what you'd have to say the division one batting lineup let's just let's let's go and win this then let's go and prove that, that that we were put here erroneously essentially let's let's go and prove that we are better than this division and they've proved that they're better than this division, clearly. Like, you know, that, that's what promotion is, isn't it? You've you proved that you are good enough for the division above. So, yeah, it's, it's really quite special, I think, on that front, I think, to say that they fought that and came back and they're going to be playing Division 1 cricket next year because that's what that group of players deserve. On the fans' front, they, you know, I'll, I'll say the same thing again no one deserves anything, but they have been, you know, Trent Bridge has been well attended. Um, we've had really, really good crowds. Uh, across all three formats, actually, but especially in the championship. I mean, especially in uh, sort of the early part of the season. I think that was maybe because quite a lot of the fans wanted to show their support and say, you know, we're we're back in this club. We really are disappointed with where we've been put by the ECB So we're going to turn up. We're going to be in our number, and we're going to support them to to win. Um, I mean, granted, obviously the only, um, or rather the first. Home game of the season we did actually lose that one so you know it, it it wasn't it didn't go perfectly to plan but on the whole yeah um and they, they've traveled really well as well that's the one thing i've noticed um obviously being the the one game i missed was a home game and all of the away games or all seven away games i've done all of those in person um yes i have done all no i did six of them in person uh the, the only one i didn't go to is darby but i did six of the away games in person and you just see how many of them, you know, you, I, we went down to Sussex, first game of the season, freezing cold. Ben Slater came into the dressing room and said, this windy is minging. There was a quote, unquote, actual word. And there were still fans in the stands, you know, that had traveled down from Nottingham. Um, Lords, there were plenty of people you see, see good and gold. Cardiff was excellent. I think there might have almost been something sort of like a reciprocal deal in Cardiff because Glamorgan are a county that traveled really well and they brought loads to Trembley. That was really good so I wonder if a lot thought right well they've given us their best let's give them our best and we'll and we'll go down there and you know Glamorgan gave us two brilliant games and they really, were really high quality both mm-hmm. of them um, I think Glamorgan really were the only apart from Bar and Worcestershire um, last week I think Glamorgan really were the only county to solidly have us on the back foot for more than more than a day in a row I would say I think over the course of the whole season um, so yeah it's I think the fans that have followed this team everywhere, um, it, it's, I think it's nice for them that there's a bit of success. But that's the same way I feel about you know all the employees and the players have earned this. And now the staff and the fans can enjoy it. And, and the players can enjoy it as well, of course. They deserve it. And <laughs> I think, yeah, they, um, they, I should say they deserve this success. Having worked so hard for it, that slightly counteracts what I was saying earlier. But yeah, that is, I think they can... Have a, a well-earned rest now and uh, look forward to Division 1 next year.
0: Well, they most certainly can it was a fantastic way of, of getting there as well, wasn't it? A comprehensive victory. The
1: biggest in Nottinghamshire City, I think.
0: Yeah, you'd character. be correct. Mm-hmm. You would be correct. But I just have one complaint, actually, for uh, for the coaches of that game. Because Nottinghamshire had a massive lead, right? I believe it was over 400 runs heading into that second innings and Nottinghamshire decided to bat yet again. And yet, not had a perfect opportunity to open the batting with Luke Fletcher and Stuart Broad in what would have been the most incredible opening partnership in county cricket history, and we were robbed of that opportunity as fans. So Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club, congratulations on winning Division 2. Thoroughly deserved the promotion. But what on earth was that? You had a golden opportunity, the ball was right there, and you dropped a clanger. Can you imagine? The memes, can you imagine the, the scenes and the limbs across the country with a Baz style opening partnership of Luke Fletcher potentially hitting a quick-fire 40 from 24 balls. And England's Nighthawk, Stuart Broad. Imagine that. So Peter Moore, something to learn heading into next summer, I think. You know, if you've got the opportunity, take it with both hands next time. Luke Fletcher, Stuart Broad, bring on the chaos. That's what I'd say. But in terms of the... The other counties which were vying for promotion in 2022, we've already mentioned Glamorgan and we will touch upon Glamorgan a lot more in the end of season review because I think Glamorgan deserve a lot of plaudits for the cricket that they've played this summer, in particular from the likes of Sam Northeast. we had David Lloyd getting that triple century last week. I think the bowlers have stepped up to the plate massively in comparison to 2021 but unfortunately for the Welsh outfits it just wasn't enough this season they came agonizingly close ultimately finishing in third place but the county which finished in second place the fifth most successful county in English and Welsh cricketing history were the saxes of middlesex now middlesex have been struggling in the second division for years ever since they got relegated back in 2017 this year it was different, wasn't it, Matt? They played some brilliant cricket. Yes, they did struggle a little bit after the T20 blast, but that bowling attack, Toby Rowland-Jones, Tim Murtagh, Tom Helm, Ethan Bamber, and then with the bat in hand, John Simpson getting a 1,000 runs for the season, batting at number six for the Saxes. We questioned whether or not their batting would be good enough to step up to the plate this summer and get them to that next division, which is, of course, Division 1, and take them back to the promised lands. And it has been, hasn't it? I mean, it's been a very impressive summer for the Saxes, in particular, in this competition, and of course, in the One Day Cup. But Matt, in terms of the future of Middlesex County Cricket Club, they've brought back Ryan Higgins. As I mentioned, Ethan Bamber got an awful lot of time for him. He's an excellent young bowler. You've got Stephen Eskenazi, who looks to be in the form of his life. He's been brilliant across formats this season. Things look very promising, for the North London outfit heading into the future, don't they?
1: Yeah, I think they do actually, and um, you have to say it with that. Ultimately, the crucial deciding point was Middlesex winning the meeting between them and Glamorgan. You know that was always going to be the crucial decider, and to come out on top, that's that's the uh, the big one. So yeah, they they do look. They've got um, like you said, a very exciting young core that's complemented by some good experienced. Uh, you know, Toby Rowland Jones. You mentioned him, Merter. Um, you know, plenty of uh, Stoneman, Mark Stoneman, Sam Robson. I think, to be honest, Mark Stoneman and Sam Robson might well be the opening partnership I've been most impressed with from watching. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ben Slater and super Mead has been really quite good together, but they have been really, they, they look really solid and they complement one another very well. So that's a, a really key part of anything. I think that's a really key thing to having your team and they've got that. So, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot to that they can build on and you know, Division One might well be tough. Um they've they've got, you know, they've got the talent to succeed, but obviously a step up means a step up in a level, of course it does. So yeah, I just think they they've got the tools, they've, you know, maybe gotta sharpen one or two of them, but I think there's everything in place with a with a little bit more hard work, a bit of coaching guile and maybe the return of Shaheen Afridi. who knows? Um <laughs> But I think, yeah, there's every chance they could do quite well.
0: It's funny you mentioned Shaheen Afridi. I mean, a lot of counties, I think, will be looking for his signature in 2023 across the formats, to be honest. I mean, he would be incredible to have back from a Middlesex perspective. But I'm just very, very happy for Middlesex because they have got a very good fan base. I mean, all 18 first class counties have. We're very, very well supported. We've got some very loyal fans here in the county circuit. But those Middlesex fans have stuck with this team for year after year after year, ever since that relegation. And you think of of where the team was in 2016, champions of England, they were riding that high. And then 2017, relegation beckoned. And all of a sudden, that hard work was undone. And for years, they've been building and building and building. And the other thing as well to remember with Middlesex, we mentioned a lot about the young players. So for example, we mentioned the Ethan Bambers of this world, the Max Holdens of this world. We mentioned the likes of Luke Holman, Tillamalala Waiter, Josh De Cares, right? A lot of their players are from their academy. They're homegrown London boys. So that's also something which I think deserves a massive mention. This Middlesex Academy for years has been churning out quality player after quality player after quality player. So to see that come to fruition and for it to bear some fruits, to bear a reward in the form of promotion back to the first division, I'm really happy for the academy. And I'm very, very happy for Middlesex as a club They are one of the bigger clubs in England in terms of major silverware. They do play at the home of cricket. They've got some lovely outgrounds. So I'm really chuffed for their fans. I'm chuffed for the players. They've got some lovely players in that team who have given us a lot of time here on the Counter Cricket Podcast. And yeah, the future looks bright in North London. It really does. It's going to be tough, though, (laughs) across both divisions. Let's be completely honest. Division 2 this season has been brilliant. It's been thoroughly, thoroughly exciting to cover here on the podcast and then Division 1, that relegation battle, carnage. I mean, 2023 has got a lot to live up to across both divisions, to say the very least. But, Matt, I think that's that's pretty much it for tonight's episode. Obviously, this is a little bit of a different one. This was more of our, our thoughts and feelings and a, an immediate reaction, really, after what has been a remarkable, remarkable day of county cricket and a fitting way to end what's been an unforgettable summer here in England and Wales. 2022 has thrown up so many surprises. It's thrown up so many memorable moments, so many incredible performances with both the bats, the ball in hand. We've seen some unreal catches. Mohammed Abbas took a flyer edge, and today. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> we didn't even talk about that, but that just shows the the quality of county cricket. And we go back onto the, the passage I mentioned at the start of this podcast, right? County cricket means the world to us. It really does. It's something which deserves to be nurtured, deserves to be protected, and deserves to be placed in that high esteem, alongside potentially franchise cricket, but not below franchise cricket. County cricket matters, and that is the thing to take away from tonight's episode of the County Cricket Podcast. But Matt, that's pretty much everything from me, to be honest, mate. All that's left for me to say is thank you yet again for coming onto the podcast. And listeners, if you don't already follow Matt on social media, give him a follow for me. He's been such a fantastic help over the course of the entire season. He'll be back on, hopefully... For one of the review shows the end of season reviews so that's also something i'm looking forward to record over the course of the next seven to ten days but yeah i think that is pretty much it to be honest for tonight's episode of the Counts cricket podcast so each and every single one of you wonderful listeners thank you so much for the support across social media instagram twitter and of course here on the podcast whether you listen on podbean or spotify apple podcasts acast whatever I really can't even begin to thank you enough. It really does mean the world that you continue to support this content, support the, the podcast that we create and love creating as well. And I just wish you all an excellent winter. And I'll see you all again in 2023. But that is it from us two here at TCCP for tonight's episode. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.